great things take time. You know who it is. You know what it is. It's the sizzle in the building. Hotter than ever, hotter than lava, hotter than fire. It's the sizzle presented by Iron Skillet Media with your hosts, Jay Thomas and Gregory Lewis, here on WGVE 88.7 FM, 8 p.m. to 12 a.m. We are your station for the hottest information. We are the ones in the building. Jay, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. I'm fantastic. Glad to be here. Um, all the above. Uh, man, enjoying this January weather. You know, that is fabulous right now. I'm enjoying this 100%. Yeah, this is the kind of weather, this is the kind of day that you like. It's clear outside. Everything looks good outside. And it actually, you know, this is one of the days because early in the week, you know, we had rain, we had smog, we had everything, everything that uh, you didn't want to have, we had it last week. So, you know what? Now we've got a good, good evening. You know, all you got to do is sit back, relax, and enjoy yourself. You know what it is. It's Saturday, so it's always the time for the sizzle. And listen, if you have not, make sure that on Saturday you're listening to us on WGBE. You can also catch us on live stream on Radio Boss on Radio Boss Stream 335 on the stream and the station number is 219-962-9483. If you can't catch us tonight, you can always tune back in on Tuesdays for the Sizzle live stream 9 p.m. on all of our social media platforms. That's Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. Make sure that you're looking for us on Instagram and TikTok. You can catch us with the Reels. You can catch us in Messenger. You can catch us in Facebook. And you can also find our podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast. Yes, you can. Yes, you will. All of the above is there for you. So, you know what? Uh, Jay, we were thinking about football. I know I've had football on my mind. I've had the NFL on my mind. Yeah. And I want to see if we can test out some things for the sizzle. You know, we always talk about it, and we want to bring the experience from our podcast to you. What we do on the podcast side and what we do as we're getting ready to produce a high-quality, high-caliber show. But before we do all that, we need to talk about the weather because the weather is what's getting us here. We're talking about weather for what's going on today. It's 32 degrees outside right now in the lovely city of Gary, Indiana, and in the regional area. Now, listen. If you say, hey, it's a little cold, it's better than it was. Listen, lows for tonight will be around 27 degrees. It should get a little cool, but all you've got to do is make sure that you keep on your jacket, make sure you keep on your coat, and just make sure that your house has your heat on. Because if you don't have your heat, you might not be able to compete. You see what I did there? If I told you you don't have your heat, you might not be able to complete. That's what I'm talking about. You're you know, your, your, your rhymes are just amazing. You know, do you drop it on the two and the four or the one and the three? How, how do you do that? I drop it on the one and the twos, and then I can do it on the threes and the fours. I can do it whatever way you want it done, baby, because you know this week, the good thing about the weather this week is we only have one day where we know we're looking at about a 90% of snow, and that's on Wednesday. Oh, no. But throughout the week, we'll be around the mid-30s. So, again, make sure that you got your your coat out. Make sure you got your good winter long johns. Make sure that you're ready and prepared for the weather and what's going on in the weather. So, listen, man, um, 
This is one of those days, Jay. It is one of those days where you think it can't get bad, but it's gotten worse. And I'll tell you who it's gotten worse for. It's gotten worse for the um, Buffalo Bills. It's gotten worse because they have expectations. Yeah. Um, it got bad for the Jacksonville Jaguars because they had expectations. They had a chance. But right now, it's gotten really bad for the New York Giants. So, you know what, Jay? Let's see if we can talk a little gridiron grill. Let's talk about what's going on on the field. Let's see if we can, you know, talk a little football. who is not ready and somebody who is not feeling the love in the football world. And that right now, my friends, would be the New York Giants. Already, it's quarter two. It's seven minutes left in the second half. And guess what? The Giants are already down by 21 points. No! Right before we went on the air, the Giants were trying to move the ball. They were trying to make some moves and try and do some things. And it got bad for them. Ugly real quick. Uh, Daniel Jones had thrown an interception right around midfield. It was a bad situation going on for the giants. And it looks like all the talk or the preemptive talk about uh, Justin Fields not being ready. I don't think that that's going to be, uh, I don't think right now that that's even a problem. I don't think at all that's a problem. Oh, Justin Fields? No, I don't think uh, Justin Fields. I'm sorry. <laughs> what did, I that, keep, you know Fields? what, man? You know, with, with, the, with this uh, NIL situation going on and you got the transfer portal, I thought the NFL would say, hey, you know what? If you want to get on a winning team, just jump through. You can jump over here. They probably did. They probably have said as much, but you've got Jalen Hurts out there doing his thing, putting in the work, and really doing everything he can to deliver a Super Bowl to a um, Eagles team that really, you know, at the beginning of the year, there was a little talk about them making some noise, but now they are actually making noise. And, I mean, when you talk about noise, they are doing the thing. So you got to give it up. Mad props to all of the Philadelphia Eagles and everybody that's doing their thing. But, Jay, if we want to look at it, man, the first game really, I think, was the telltale game. And that was Jags-Chiefs. That was the game where you thought, okay, maybe um, – the Jags with their improbable comeback win last week would come back and, and really do some things. But here in week 20, 
We've got some things that if you ask yourself what's going on, I'll tell you what's going on. The 15 and 3 Kansas City Chiefs defeated the 10 and 9 Jaguars. And again, it was one of those things, man, when you look at total yardage, you look at what was going on in the game. There was a lot of even match with team stats for total yards. Actually, the Jags had 349 yards and the Chiefs had 362. So running was around the same. They both had over 200 yards passing. They both had 144 yards on the ground, both. And oddly enough, the Jags were 5.8 yards per play versus the Chiefs, who were 5.4 yeah, but the one thing the Jags last they didn't have was Patrick Mahomes' heart. Yeah, they didn't have any heart. They didn't have anything at all. Because this was their time to get him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was not mobile. He couldn't go anywhere. But that shows you when you have a good offensive line, a very good offensive line, they can keep an immobile quarterback upright. Mm-hmm. And you saw him basically, they went max protect, and you saw him on one leg hopping around back there and throwing the football. Mm-hmm. And that's the value of a great offensive line. And and that offensive line is probably not the best one he's had in a long period of time, but it's a rock-solid offensive line, and when he needed them, they were there because he was a sitting duck. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I'm really surprised the Jacks just did not come after him straight up the A-gap. You know, just, just you know, beat, beat us up the A-gap, um, Patrick, because we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna send two up in there. So you know what I'm saying? Yeah, at that point, you were looking to see that when it came to some of the plays that the Jags were making, you wondered when they were going to take full advantage of the fact that Patrick Mahomes got injured late in the first quarter, had a a fairly severe ankle injury. Oh, I thought he was done. I really did for a moment. I thought when he hopped off angrily going, when he had to go down in the tunnel, I thought it was a wrap. But, you know, that shows the heart of that young man. And that's where good and great separate right there. Because there's a lot of guys who would have would have phoned that one home. Mm-hmm. He knew he couldn't move. He knew he was in a bad situation. But you saw him hopping back and forth the 32nd timeout. He's running off the field. Well, hopping off the field. He goes over there and goes, oh, it's, the, the timeout's over? I'm hopping back out here. And here's the thing about it. If you heard um, at the end of the game, Patrick Mahomes said, hey, he wasn't even trying to leave the field at halftime, and they told him, uh, if you don't go in here at halftime, we're going to hide your helmet. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where if you don't go in, and that's where Andy Reid has to make a Mac move, and he has to say, if you don't go in and make sure your treatment's well, I'm benching you for the rest of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And then you, plus, you got you have to protect these great athletes from themselves. I mean, that, that's one thing for handlers and coaches, and, 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 and for you all, too, who have young people out here playing sports. Sometimes when you have a kid who's really great, I know we got some people out there that have some, some All-Staters, um, people listening in the area, great swimmers, um, soccer players, whatever they are. You as a parent, a friend, um, you have to allow them to push themselves, but also you have to be there to protect them when they need you because the thing that drives them to be great can also be a destructive force, too, if it's not held in check. Mm-hmm. At this point, you know, you're just looking in and you're thinking to yourself, how far is this going to go? How how much longer can he keep playing on this leg? And then all of a sudden, you saw as the second half progressed, he was able to 
make adjustments the way he was throwing, the way he was landing on it. And when you see, here's the thing that that really, when you look at a great line, and I'm not talking about good anymore. I'm talking about a great line. You're talking about guys who can get in and make something happen. That line was given the task to come up. They had to step up and protect better. They had to hold those edge rushes. They had to make sure they were picking up all of their assigned blocks. They had to do everything that was necessary to be done for Patrick Mahomes to survive the onslaught of the linebackers that Jacksonville offered. And you saw just a magical job by Kansas City. They just they were able to come up and do some things that had not been done. And it's one of those things where you look and you keep looking and you keep seeing it and you say to yourself, they're going to get there, they're going to get there, and guess what? They never got there. Never at one time did Jackson feel make it really uncomfortable for Patrick Mahomes. Let's find out why. I mean, what, it, what, is this a Jacksonville team that is just that bad um, defensively um, that they just couldn't get there? You know what I'm saying? I mean, you just couldn't scheme to go. Because if you look at the second half, which I was running around a little bit trying to get ready for the show, you didn't see Patrick Mahomes really getting touched. You know, and you know they're a max protector. They kept a back in. At some point in time, they kept the tight end in. And then they leaked him out of the backfield, which was really a dangerous thing that they were doing. They were hitting him left and right. Um, they were losing him in the wash on a regular basis. And they really went 40, old 49ers on him, old, old, old uh, Walsh on him, and just nickel and dime the football down the field and ate up the clock. So um, at this point, you never really thought the Jags were really threatening to take over this game at any point in time because Patrick Mahomes just ate up clock on him. Yeah, he just kept taking it. And it was funny. It just it was methodical. It was bit by bit, piece by piece. And then you saw the Chiefs defense really step up. They came in and then they everybody who goes on about the greatness and what was going on and oh my God, oh my God, it's gonna just be great stuff going on because you know who's there? Trevor Lawrence. He's great. He's gonna be amazing. And Trevor Lawrence looked like a second-year player against that Kansas City well, defense. Well, but you look at it, one of the better defenses in the league. And if you don't get off to Schneid early against this defense, and now they can pin their ears back and come and get you, that's what you saw. And that's what the problem is with these young quarterbacks when they come in and they're they're here to to get to be the major focal point of a franchise. You see that they in the, of themselves are not enough to get it done. Look how many second- and third-year quarterbacks can't get it done. And then you look at the Chicago Bears in the same similar situation. You look at a young quarterback who is going to be in his third year with a bad football team. And so we got to wonder now how good is Justin Fields going to be when we see we look at the Trevor Lawrence's of the world. Um, Joe Burrow is one of those guys who is different. Um, he just plays a little different ball game. He, he plays well within himself, and he's not looking to be super mobile, and he just gets the ball downfield. So um, it's interesting right now when you see these teams that have to build ball clubs around these young quarterbacks. Can they get it done? We saw the Chiefs do it. You know, we saw the Chiefs do it. But Patrick Mahomes didn't really come into a horrible situation. He came into a situation that was pretty well solidified, and he just needed to do what he needed to do. And all of a sudden, what he had was great, and it fit in. But Patrick Mahomes would have played well. It doesn't make a difference what team he was on. Yeah, you've got a lot of guys who are playing well, but if you have what Patrick Mahomes has in the 
way of coaching and the way of protection and the way of scheme, and you have excellent talent, which you saw that was on display for everyone to see what kind of real talent Patrick Mahomes has. Um, Good players make things happen. Great players win games. And in a situation wherein he was injured, there was question about what he was going to be able to do. He still came in and saw his way through. But kudos also to to Chad Henney. You have to give a backup who's ready, who came in and gotten very limited snaps over the year. I don't think maybe he's had more than 10 or 11 snaps throughout the whole season. This man came in, took the team 98 yards. Huge. Huge. I mean, that was really the difference in the game. Their ability, because even when Jacksonville started surging, you still had a seven-point cushion where you knew that at some point, if this game turns and things start going a little little topsy-turvy, I got Patrick who can come back in, but I've also got a backup who can lead and matriculate this ball down the field. And then you also, too, had the defense come up big. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw um, second-year linebacker Nick Bolton came up with a huge fumble deep in the Chiefs' uh, uh, part of the field that really shut down a drive that looked like it was getting ready to score. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you have to have these aha moments. You know, all these football games, as, as in the, what was it, the... Um, this game is inch by inch, yard by yard. Who's going to fight with this? That's, mm-hmm. that's my dad, Pacino. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's, it's, ah. hey, it's, it's, um, any given Sunday, is that the worst, best football movie ever made? Possibly. Because it's the most unrealistic, realistic football that you ever – I mean, it yeah. looks like that, but every every hit on there was super fantastic. Every hit on there, there was some things actually – some of the interactions when it came to the players, it was a little bit, a little bland. Because some of those things, when you got guys in there and you're trying to fight and jockey for position and guys are, who are professional paid athletes, it's a little different than what you saw. And the fighting, the cussing, the fussing, uh, the twerking, that was all real. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying the twerking was real. Well, um, I just remember that. I don't. I don't remember a lot. I remember the there were speeches. I remember there were speeches. I remember it was football and it was twerking. I remember somehow. Yeah. Like that. Well, you know, but um, that's uh, NFL football. That, that that this is a game that is played by grown men um, who really put themselves out there. I mean, to win, you have to do what Patrick Mahomes did. Right. I mean, literally, he had to go back out there because he knew he was going to fire his team up. Mm-hmm. And he need he needed to be able to carry these guys, and that's why he had that big C on his chest. That's why you saw him breaking it down in the locker room at the end of the game, and all eyes were on him because they know he will give his all, and that's what great quarterbacks do and captains do. And you might see this young man might have, if he's able to stay healthy, he might have one of the best careers that we've ever seen at the quarterback position. Why? Because he can still get it done because he has the mental tenacity to stay in there and play that game. And I think... Very few times do you find millionaires, you know, able to take the pain like this and keep playing because they make enough money to check out. They do. Now, I mean, that's true. You know, you, you got most of these guys, once they get past their third or fourth year, they, if they're frugal with their money, they're good to go. Mm-hmm. And when I'm talking about frugal with their money, they just don't buy a new Bugatti every year. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, this is life altering, life changing moment, yeah. money. 
that these guys are playing with. Um, and a lot of these guys, you see them. And this is what um, Deion Sanders was talking about when he says when he was up in Colorado. He asked him, hey, are you looking to try to get to the NFL? He says, no, because I can't coach a bunch of millionaires who are great but don't really care about football. Right. And that, again, that's one of those things. If you have the ability to be able to coach players and be able to walk them through coaching adults, because I think that's where ultimately what you're looking at is how do you get the best out of adults? And a lot of these coaches I see that are coming into the league or that are around, they're young guys, but they're learning how to find ways to get the best out of their young players, to get the best out of their veteran players, and put it all together. You have to have the right locker room. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to have a veteran guy who's going to lead this group. And that's why I'm surprising that the young quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, you see a lot. I mean, you saw Trevor Lawrence with the C on his, you know, with the C on him. You know, is he really is he really holding it down in the locker room? Is 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 he is he the Can guy to hold it down? I don't. You can't hold it down, and you just walked into the league, right? So is he the guy to walk up to one of the defensive tackles and say, "Hey, you know what? You were out all night the other night, and and you play like you know, caca poo poo, and uh, you need to get your crap together, sir. You know, and don't and don't make me don't make me have to come get you. You know, is he that guy? You know, because you see the great ones able to do that. You saw Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, he's he's the epitome of an alpha male, but he ran that team with an iron fist. If you weren't trying um, as hard as him, he was going to make you try as hard as him. And he wasn't the biggest guy on there by far, by any way. I mean, there was a number of guys bigger than Jordan. Mm-hmm. You know, but it was it was just that it was that that's you, know, you ever see the small dogs dogs that just run up on you and start barking? Yeah. Full of attitude. Just, you know, there's just rah, 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 rah. And that's all they do. They don't even realize that they're little dogs. No, no. And, it, it, and it's, all, it's all that energy that they have coming off of them. And basically, that's what it's about. So who can produce the energy in the locker room? You see Patrick Mahomes is able to do that. Uh, was Trevor Lawrence able? Because this was a time. This was a time for the Jags right then to go, hey, we didn't luck up into that last game. We we can go push this ball down the field. And you saw they were they were closing now. At the end of that football game, they had a couple of shots. And you just saw the Chiefs defense stand up. And play well, so you know. I'm interested. I, I'm wondering now what what are, what are the, uh, the the second game that's going on? We have any idea what's happening with that score? We do have. It's the same thing. I mean, it, it's called you getting beat, and it's going to be bad. And when we come back from break, we're going to talk a lot about what's getting ready to go on when it comes to not just the Philadelphia Eagles, but there's an NFL quarterback right now, uh, cornerback. That is in the news. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back on the other side, we're going to talk about Ed Reed and what the implications for for football and for players. You're listening to The Sizzle here on WGVE 88.7 FM. Attention. She's 
It's the sizzle in the building. Listen, Jay, you know it's time for the Gridiron Grill. This is what we do when we talk about football all the time. We're talking about the best of what's going on in not only the NFL, but around the world of football. What is happening right now in sports? And the hottest thing in sports right now, oddly enough, is not the playoffs. It's not a rookie QB coming in doing his thing. No, 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 my friend. No. The hottest thing going on right now is going on in Florida when it comes to football. Now, I know Florida's a hotbed for football. I know it's that place you want to be when you talk about football is Florida. But I've got just one question for the listeners. And, Jay, I have a question for you. Explain to me one thing. If you can, if you if you would be able to, how do you get fired on your day off? How do you get released when you weren't signed? How do you get kicked out the door when the door was already closed? That's the question being asked right now when it comes of Ed Reed and Bethune-Cookman College. Well, excuse me, Bethune-Cookman University and their situation right now with ex-NFL player, safety du jour, Ed Reed, who was tapped to be the the new football coach for Bethune-Cookman. Some things have been going on all week. If you don't know the story, let's get you up to date with what's happening. Ed Reed went on a Instagram social media tirade about the conditions that he saw and what was going on as he was trying to prepare to come in get his team and his recruits ready, and the poor conditions that he found at Bethune-Cookman. Then today, this morning, we get news, and we got a lot of news from a lot of different sources, that Ed Reed will not be retained, and Ed Reed will not be brought on as head coach for Bethune-Cookman. So, Jay, as we're talking right now, Let's get your feeling. How do you feel about Ed Reed and the situation getting or that is unfolding? I can't say it's getting ready to happen because it seems as though it's already happened. What's your take on what's unfolding right now with Ed Reed? Ooh, wait. Somebody, somebody's all up in their feelings. And it's Bethune-Cookman. Okay. Uh, Ed went down there and say, uh, this is our ridiculous. Why am I and my football team out here picking up garbage around the campus? Why is my office not cleaned and ready for me to come in there? Now, he looked and saw what was happening to his buddy up in Colorado. Deion Sanders was met at the airport with open arms. We love you. When he came in, everything was spick and span. People were standing there 
clapping when he walked in the door. Here comes Ed Reed, one of the greatest safeties to ever play the game, who's decided to bring his star power down there, too. Now, I don't know if he's going to be Deion Sanders' star power, but Deion was going to give him a hand, rest assured about that, that Bethune-Cookman was going to be able to bring in some money, bring in some nil money down there. They were going to bring in and do some things. And all of a sudden, Ed Reed realized that whatever Dion told him about the situation was the truth. And him not being really tied to anybody down there, being who he is, he started talking about it. Now, I'm pretty sure he voiced his opinion many times to many people down there before he went on that Twitter rant. I'm pretty sure he did. And I'm pretty sure that there were some agreements made um, verbally that Ed Reed and his legal team um, looked for them to put on paper. And Bethune-Cookman was like, oh, no, we we can say we we're going to do something. We didn't really mean that you're going to hold us to it. Mm-hmm. And so you see a situation. You look at Grambling's a prime example. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest quarterbacks and H- uh, coaches in HBCU history was who? When it comes to talking about coaches, HBCU, you cannot talk about HBCU football without talking about Eddie Robinson. Without talking about Eddie Robinson. But they did a documentary down there, and you saw the, I won't say hard conditions that football team was playing in. But you saw how bad that field was. You saw how in disrepair the locker rooms were. I mean, stuff chipping off the walls, all types of things like that, right? So you're a state-run facility. I mean, you you got money coming in, private money, however you got money coming in. But the high school team down, down the road has better facilities than you. How is that possible? How do you expect to recruit these big-time players? And, that, and that's why you saw a lot of people really upset with Deion Sanders when he left JSU. Oh, he's selling out. He's doing this. He's doing that. But Deion came out and said, hey, there's a, there's something going on down here. I'm not going to put all of it out there, but I'm going to give you all enough to let you know. And now you have Ed Reed, a NFL star. He's a star who should have been treated like one. From the mere fact, that his office wasn't clean. Who dropped the ball on that? Did y'all know Ed was coming? Did y'all think y'all were just going to give Ed some ideas about what you were going to do, like he was just giving you suggestions? No, Ed's like, hey, you got to do these things so I can recruit. I can't recruit down here with these conditions like this. And they said they were going to do it. Why? Because Bethune-Cookman wanted to be like JSU. Because right now, JSU still has prime left them in good shape. I mean, good facilities down there, still have that money coming down there, left them with a good coach. And you still have some top recruits still going down to play for JSU. You have kids coming out of JUCOs coming down there to play. So they're going to be a good football team down there for a while because they have their best facilities right now in the HBCU. But then Cookman could have had the same. But what happened? What happened? And this is the issue that we got going on. If we're going to compete at these high levels, you have to give our kids the same opportunities. The same opportunities. Well, it's a opportunity miss for Bethune-Cookman. But Bethune-Cookman University announced that Ed Reed will not be their new head 
football coach, and they will continue their search for someone else to fill that position. What's coming? The university said that the contract negotiations with Reed will not be proceeding as they broke down. And in fact, BCU wrote a statement after undergoing a detailed assessment and review of the state of our football program. We have determined that it is in the best interest of our university, athletic programs and football student athletes to reopen the search and identify the next leader of Bethune-Cookman Wildcats football, BCU wrote. While we appreciate the initial interest of our football program displayed by Mr. Reed during the course of the recent weeks, we're also mindful of the qualities and attributes that must be exhibited in our and by our institutional personnel doing what we have uniquely called challenging times for our campus as we recover from the impact of two hurricanes during this past fall semester. So because of these hurricanes in the past fall semester, we couldn't keep the grounds clean. Reed then replied in a statement on Twitter today after this decision was made. And he said, I was committed to coaching and cultivating a relationship with the university, players, community, and fans. It's extremely disappointing that this won't be happening. Now, we saw what Dion was able to do. He was able to bring money to JSU. Do we think that Ed Reed wasn't not going to be able to bring some money down there? That he wasn't going to be able to at least bring some money to get the football facilities squared away? At least cleaned up, painted up, get it squared up. There wasn't. Now you have HBCU on the map. These teams are on the map right now. So they want to see what's going to happen. You rest assured, Bethune-Cookman would have been on NBC, ABC at some point in time, ESPN. They would have been in game play. Why? Because Ed Reed's there. You would have got some top flight people coming to play there because Ed Reed's there. And why would that be? Because Coach Prime would have helped that out. If Coach Prime, if it's a, if it's a top three star that couldn't come to Colorado, then he might push them over there to Ed Reed because they're buddies. Now, here's a question now, and it's been put out there a little bit. I wonder if Ed Reed's going to come up to uh, Colorado with Prime and say, you know what, come out here and be a consultant in the secondary. You know, come, come, out, here, come out here and get your chops wet out here, coaching-wise, in a Power 5 conference so that now when you, the next job opens up, you'll be ready to get into a higher-level position because you're out here. Come be one of the assistants out here. You know, come and get come and get your feet wet. It's just okay. He's already helping out in Miami. So the question is now, why, when we see all these great things that happen, all the great attention that happened to the HBCUs because Deion Sanders was there, would an institution do this in such a public way? You know, why why tell the man you're going to hire him? Why have him come down there for three weeks? And all of a sudden you say you're not. What coach now is going to, what coach now, what coach worth his salt is coming down there? That's a great question because the biggest question that's being asked right now when it comes to Ed Reed is did his tirade on social media, did it cause the university to take pause and say this is a instructor or this is a faculty member that should not be on our staff? Probably so. But, however, I guarantee you, that 
that tirade didn't just come out the blue. That he just didn't go, hey, today, you guys have been treating me so fantastic, but today I'm just going to come out here and blast you. No. He, that was something done out of frustration. And when you're frustrated, that's what happens. So now you have a situation where you have an NFL superstar. Ed Reed's a superstar. And he was ready to lead your program. The problem was you promised what you weren't going to deliver. But, oh, wait, hold on a second. Didn't we see something similar down there at JSU? You saw Dion give you the best football that you ever had down there. I mean, you were crushing teams in HB. And all of a sudden now, um, what happened to that stadium money that was coming in? Because after a certain point, what was it, 20,000 seats, 30,000 seats or something like that? Part of that money then was supposed to go to Dion. I think it was 28,000 seats. When you get past 28,000 seats, he's supposed to get part of that money, something like that. And all of a sudden you look up and they said, uh, no, we never went past 28,000 tickets sold or something like that, right? So now you're taking money out of Dion Sanders' pocket and you're only paying him $300,000 a year and he's kicked back $150,000 to you? I mean, it, that, that's amazing to me. It's one of the situations where even if you're saying Ed Reed had a tirade that should not have happened, Ed Reed, the player, Ed Reed, the person, brings far more assets and he brings into you a better cachet, not only of players, but of supporters, of sponsorship. He brings in those boosters. Legitimacy. That were not there. And he legitimizes your football team by bringing in players. And now, when you talk about sponsorship, Oh, absolutely. You know, you're talking about the Under Armour sponsors. You're talking about maybe Nike. You're talking about Adidas. You're talking about top-level sponsorship that will bring equipment, players. They'll bring personnel. They'll bring the things that those players need at Bethune-Cookman. One of the things you say to yourself is, now, who has lost in this situation? And ultimately, the players, those young men, those players that he's recruited, They've lost. Well, yes. Overall, the HBCUs have lost. Because now, how difficult do you think it would be for Nike, Under Armour, anybody else to say, hey, you know what? Let's let's do a deal with everybody. You know, we're going to supply you three changes, four changes of uniforms. You know, these are just uniforms. Here's our shoes. You know, we're going to take care of your helmets. You know what I'm saying? As long as you put our water bottles and whatever else we want on the sidelines, you guys wear our gear. And, and, and we'll outfit you. We'll, we'll put some money into a program. And these type of programs, $100,000, $200,000, $300,000 goes a long way, right? That's a drop of in the bucket to Nike and Under Armour, right? They, 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 pay, that, they pay that much um, over a month's NFL to, to, um, season to get advertising out. They could have did commercials down there. I mean, all types of things down there. You could have had... You could have had just a lot of eyes on you in favorable ways. Had you taken care of Dion, Dion would still be at JSU, would still be there had he been taken care of correctly. But no, you didn't. But now, what's bad at some point, you never know, could be the best thing that happens to you because now you see Dion, and we haven't talked a lot about Dion um, on the show because he's not in our region, but you look at his, well, see what he's doing up in Colorado. 
He just flipped the number one cornerback in the country, Kamani McLean. He's coming. He already has Travis Hunter, who was a number one cornerback in the country. Last year, he's got one of the top quarterbacks in the country in his son. And you've got people flooding in there left and right coming to play for Deion Sanders. That's going to be a formidable program over there in the Pac-10 because we know the two big stalwarts in the Pac-10 are leaving anyway, and that's USC and UCLA. So now you see a Colorado team, and just like USC did, they turned around really quickly. I think with Lane Kiffin, they turned around really quickly because they hit the transfer portal. Same situation could happen. Uh, could happen at Bethune-Cookman. You could have been another JSU down there, maybe not at that magnitude, but definitely getting the field fixed, definitely getting footballs, definitely getting helmets, definitely getting better recruits, eating better foods. Deion Sanders talked about it one time when, they were, when he first got down to JSU, he was having to pay out of his pocket for his team to eat when he went on away games. So the thing about it, if you're going to have these football programs down there, let's treat these players like they should be treated. And that's the issue that's going on. And had they reached out, um, and made it a situation where advertisers want to be involved. You know, let's talk about the great things that HBCUs do. This would have been a great platform to talk about. That you're turning out doctors and lawyers down there. That you have um, people with doctorates. That you have people um, who've done great things in English literature and everything else like that. You have so many great people that could have been shined on through these football programs. Because um, have you found out that a lot of these major colleges out here, you know where all their money comes in from? It's football. Mm-hmm. Football is the driving factor. Football is the cash cow for all collegiate programs. It pays for everything. It else. pays for all the other sports, mm-hmm. except if you're a really top flight basketball team who maybe could pay for itself. Right. But all the other sports are paid for because of football. And I would say that's maybe what less than ten percent. The Dukes, the UNCs, those Kentucky's, programs, those type of programs, Arizona. That, that they, the basketball team, filters back money into the football program. But historically, in American universities, it has been football that has been the cash cow. And and how do you think the fine arts buildings get built? How do you think the new wing going on, the law building, gets built? Through the football programs, through donors giving, because they want to wear their, they, 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 they all meet up wherever they meet up at, and they say, hey, look how great we are. Look at, look at Alabama. Look at Oklahoma. Now you got Colorado. You got Colorado gear going everywhere around the country, and now you have those alumni pouring money into Colorado right now, right? Because they get to have bragging rights now, because they look like, hey, we're going to be the best guys on the block over here in the, in the Pac-12. That's what have, that's what alumni is so important for, and, and and that's what the situation is with the HBCUs. Alumni is important, but most of the time, people go to the football games waiting for the bands to come out. Mm-hmm. The bands are the most important factors in most of the time. Finally, it was JSU football that was more important than the band. Mm-hmm. I watched one time a JSU game. I watched one time in a JSU game that the band started playing while the JSU offense was out there playing. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait a minute, hold on, guys. We know y'all want to shine, but let's not let's not shine let's not shine over the football team. Y'all keep trying to score a touchdown right now. <laughs> you know who it is. You know what it is. It's the sizzle here on WGVE. It's the top of the hour, and we're getting ready to make sure that it is hot and sizzly for you all the time. WGVE. Sizzle, baby. Great things take time. You're listening.
listening to The Sizzle on Iron Skillet Radio and Iron Skillet Television. Wow, bro. That's crazy. That's so love, bro. Oh, it's hot, baby. Hot. Woo! Hot fire. It's the sizzle here on WGVE, the hottest talk in the 219, the only talk in the 219, and it is the top of the hour. It is time to really make sure that you are checking your weather and make sure that you're keeping warm out there in the cold because, baby, it's cold outside. Currently in the region, it's 32 degrees, and we've got snow coming in this week, so make sure you bundle up. Make sure that you keep yourself warm in the middle of the week. We'll have a little snow, but temperatures will stay in the mid 30s throughout the week, but you know, still going to be snow. It's still January. It's still winter. Now we know at some point in time that uh, this snow is a coming. They're like Dion up there. We coming. That's what the snowman, the little, little frosty the snowman sitting over talking about. Mm-hmm. They really think in Northwest Indiana they're not going to get hit. But we toward the end of January now. It's almost February. Mm-hmm. And we and we know February and March. We get always get lambasted in February and March. That's always happens out here. I mean, it, this is one of the weirdest regions for snow because literally um, two blocks from where we are, you can see the line where the snow. Uh, the, the snow line starts. You have two inches on one side and you have a foot on the other. It's amazing. <laughs> it's just, you know, I, I, I'm always amazed at when I hear people go on about what's going on as far as snow and weather's concerned, especially around here. Because everything around here, if you don't know it's cold, it's nothing wrong with you. And there's something really wrong with you if you don't know it's cold right Well, now. the issue is this, right? It's not really that cold. Not for us. Now, if you came from California, like the California kid. All right. Kid Custard was here, and Kid Custard was not feeling any of this because he didn't bring any of his right winter clothes. Well, his right winter clothes is a long sleeve shirt. No. No, sir. When you come from California, why wear? And then what's funny is people from California always say, it's cold. It's all I got. It's like 60 degrees. You're like, what? Six, I wear my underwear in 60 degrees. Wow. 
Well, maybe that was a little bit too much. <laughs> a little TMI on that one. A little TMI. I tell you what is a lot of TMI right now. If you're checking the scoreboard, it is not a miswritten number. It is not a a fault of your scoreboard or a poor television. Right now, at the half, the Eagles are leading the New York Giants twenty-eight to nothing. One million points. You want to score one million <laughs> points today? And if you're a fan of stats and you love all the ways that stats tell you about a game, let's just look at Jalen Hurts at the halftime. He's 12 of 17 for 148 yards passing, three total touchdowns, a quarterback rating of 129, and he has the 28 over zero lead. Yeah, I mean, as long as Jalen Hurts doesn't get hurt, I see what I did there. I, um, I like that. If he can stay healthy, the Eagles are my pick. Because mm-hmm. I just think they're a team that's ready on all sides of the football, whether it's defense, offense, and special teams. That team is ready to go. Mm-hmm. Now, The thing about Jalen Hurts is that he had to keep playing at this high level. Mm -hmm. We saw what the Chiefs are able to do with Patrick Mahomes in, you know, 70% mode. They were still dangerous. But Jalen Hurts has to be the man if they're going to continue to win. Mm -hmm. Without question. Without question. But we can't even keep talking about football, man. We got to start talking about basketball because, you know, it's time for the hardwood, man. We got to talk about what's going on on the hardwood. Hardwood hoops. Basketball on the sizzle. Just make it clap. Just make it clap. Hey, yo, we about to take everybody from every street and throw a party in the Grand Canyon. Come on. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah. Uh-uh. See, y'all know what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's the sizzle right now. You're listening to the sizzle. And we got to talk about the hardwood. You know, Jay, let's talk about something that wasn't really discussed, and that is Brothers in Paris. Isn't it it amazing how now this global game, (laughs) uh, somehow or another, we're going to have the Paris uh, croissants are going to (laughs) be part of the NBA. And they're gonna be they go they're gonna be homed in Detroit. Look, man, if you didn't hear earlier this week, the Chicago Bulls took on the Detroit Pistons in Old Gay Paris. They were in France for Can you still say that? I don't know. I, I just said we it. Gotta, but, we gotta be politically correct. No. Well, I didn't see the button and I didn't see the light, so I figured we were all right. Okay. Okay. So right now, your Bulls, who are still three games under 500, they went in, took on the Pistons, who are a whole smattering under 300. You know what? What a ge- what a game to send over to Paris. <laughs> 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 well, here, here come here come the Americans. Both these teams are terrible. What? You, why? Why did you bring me here? You know how bad it was, and it really the funny part was they had the tie back into the Chicago Bulls last time they were in Paris, and it was all this good talk. But then it became this whole thing about uh, what Magic Johnson he was there and Cookie Johnson, and then it was a lot of other. stuff. 
stars and celebrities to watch for us, which was an um, evening game for them, but it was a matinee game for us. I think it came on around 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and the Bulls defeated the Detroit Pistons 126-108. to It was a game that saw a lot of... Uh, well, it did see DeMar DeRozan return. He played 38 minutes for 26 points, 9 yeah. rebounds, and 5 of 6. Uh, you saw Vooch get a double-double with a 16-15 and 15 game, and Zach did his thing always. What, what, what did my favorite player do? Well, you know... Zach had thirty points. <laughs> what 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 am I what more what did my favorite guy do with the leprechaun shoes? Well, on? let me put it this to you this way. You'd yeah. be proud. Patrick Williams had ten points, six rebounds, and two assists in thirty one minutes. Thirty one minutes. Thirty one minutes. Number four pick overall. Yeah. Okay. Everybody else was uh you know. Well, hey, you had Kobe White who played seventeen minutes and had ten points. Well, Ayo had 13 points, and, and he only he, played 25 minutes. Right. So, I guess they're like on a, a young player game limit. You, they're on a, a young player scoring limit. I think that Billy Donovan told them you can only score 15 points. You know, it's it's just, <laughs> you just need your number four guy to just ball out. That's what you need to have happen. He just needs to ball out. Well, I in some Somewhere in this crazy world that the Bulls have put together, somehow at some time Patrick Williams becomes Kawhi Leonard. That is, that's the hope. Okay, so this is Space Jam twenty six. He's sounding as such. <laughs> yes, my friend. I don't know what uh, Karnashovas was thinking. I don't even know how this all comes about. But you know, it's it's just. Yeah, this is the most functional, dysfunctional team that we. I mean, literally, I mean, Vooch, you needed her to be an all star. Once why gives you that? Um, you're still, you're still. Um, Demar Derozan is just playing great basketball. Mm-hmm. And Zach Levine, well, you know, you know, Zach Levine does what Zach Levine does. He dropped thirty today. He's a good three. He's your third best. I, I, and you know what, Jay? Let's put it to you this way. When I And I know there are a lot of people, and most people say, G. Sizzle, you hate Zach Levine. Wow. I don't hate Zach Levine. I don't hate any man, actually. I love all people. I'm just saying, if I tell you that Zach Levine is a good third or fourth option on a really good team, and more like probably the fourth option, it's not hate. It is the reality of what you see with Zach Levine. Well, the issue was, but Zach Levine was supposed to come here and be the man next to the man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. he really was supposed to be Batman. To who was who's Demar to be DeRoz- Demar Derozan was supposed to be his sidekick. Huh. How'd that work for you? But that's what the look because Zach Levine is the face of the bull supposedly. And that's not even working well. You don't even see him on the good Zinni commercials anymore. They, no. You know, you don't see him as you ride down the expressway anymore. He's not on the big billboard. You see his his New Balance commercials, and you're like, oh, that's Zach Levine. Okay. Yeah, and he doesn't really move the needle anymore. No. You know, right. and, and that's what needed to happen, you mm-hmm. know, because you had DeMar DeRozan, who has his resurgence, you mm-hmm. know, or continued surgeons. Um a guy who's worth every penny you gave him. I don't think we can say resurgence anymore. This has been 
a full year of a year, almost two years, almost of what Demar is. And this actually was the same Demar that you saw in San Antonio. This is not the Toronto Demar. This is the San Antonio Demar. Just San Antonio had such low expectations, lowered expectations. Yeah, but here's a guy. Here's a guy who had to take on. A role which I really don't think he came in here to take on eventually. I think I don't think so, but I think he 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 relished the role. I think he um, he said, "Okay, I'll do that. All right, you want me to be the big dog? Guess what? I'll do it, dog. I'll do it. I'll go out there in the yard. I'm not afraid." And my question is always this, Jay: When it's crunch time and it's money time, who do the Bulls give the ball to? Ayo. Oh, no. <laughs> no. No. Actually, I think Billy Donovan told Ayo at the end of the games, if you touch the ball, I will kill you. Ayo. Ayo, Ayo ain't got no conscience. He's going to let it fly. Oh, my goodness gracious. It's so ridiculous. You, at the end of the game, you're looking to DeMar to take the lead. He does a clear out. That's why you have Vooch always at the top of the key. That's why you got Zach over in the corner and Patrick Williams on the other corner. When does Zach become your spot-up guy out in the corner? I, I don't know. That's a great question. Is he a spot-up shooter, Jay? He's, he's made himself something out there. I mean, he, he will fire a three-ball up. Didn't he have, like, 500 threes one game? <laughs> he did. And funny enough... Billy Donovan wants him to take more. Anywhere between what he said, something like fifteen to twenty threes a game. It's it's look, this NBA right now is not even it's not even fun no more. <laughs> you don't like the one forty to one forty eight games? No. You don't like the one ninety two to to listen, you didn't like it. You didn't like the offensive output of the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors? You you didn't look. that didn't tickle your fancy? How many All-Star games did you really enjoy before they changed the format? Oh, my goodness. I am a victim of of saying I didn't – I like the old All-Star games. I don't even watch these new ones anymore because it's just – it's tomfoolery. I don't want to see Mark Wahlberg. I don't want to see Stephen A. I don't want to see Kevin Hart. If you're going to play ball, play ball. It It is a spectacle of foolishness. But you remember those games back in the day. It was 156 to 142. Mm-hmm. No defense. Nobody's running. They were just ooping up and down. And now you got our basketball games now, in our era now, are going 130 to 122. Mm-hmm. It's Every all, day. It's all-star level. It's, it's all-star level scoring. So that means what happened to the defense? Uh, what defense? I'll tell you what happened to the defense. You know what happened to the defense? He had a birthday today. Yeah. Mad shout out to Keem Olajuwon, the defensive player award. The the defensive player of the year award is the dream award. Today's the dream's birthday. Jay is the dream. And I know this is going to sound like this is going to be hypocrisy. But when we talk about the dream, Is he in that stratosphere with a certain Celtics legend? Is he in that? Which Celtics which are we talking? Uh, number six, the only one. No. But he's the dream. He he, he had the dream shake. He was with Five Samuel Jamma. Come on, man. He had a shake. 
He had a he had a, a shake, and I don't mean just the dessert. He had a shake that was unstoppable. He held by himself. He and Dennis Rodman held Shaquille O'Neal in check. He was the dream. Okay. When, when wait, you, wait. When you say held Shaquille O'Neal in check, you need to put an asterisk next to that. Okay, what's the asterisk? Uh, nobody held. <laughs> well, I tell you what. Held him in check. Um, Shaq never beat him. That don't mean you held him in check. Well, he didn't. He held him somehow. Somebody held him. He was being held by someone. It wasn't by Kenny Smith, and it wasn't by Robert Ory. So who else was guarding him? In fact, if I can remember correctly, didn't Shaq say one of the persons he had the worst time with as far as a defender or, or trying to figure out as an offensive player was Akeem Olajuwon? Of course. But who is to, who is the most dominant center in the NBA? Right now? Period. All time. Physically, it was Shaq. It was Shaq. Now, and we talk, skill-wise? You're talking about young Shaq? But let's go back to young Shaq. When he first got in the league, young Shaq who could run. Shaq. Okay, so let's do a comparison. If you're talking about best center ever in the NBA, are you saying, does your mind originally go to Shaquille O'Neal or does it go to Will Chamberlain? Well, Will always gets all the stuff. Mine actually goes to uh, Kareem. Mm-hmm. Because Kareem had a shot nobody nobody could deal with. Mm-hmm. This guy hooked. And there's nobody who's... Uh, people have baby jump hooks, but mm-hmm. nobody does a hook from the free throw line. And I'd like to throw Bill Walton in there, but injuries robbed him Bill of Bill Walton career. was great. I'd love to throw him in there, but you just there was not a body of work. He was an old man by the time he had won a championship. Did, did you he see, did all of his in college. But did you see Walton when he first got into the league? Walton mm-hmm. was literally unstoppable. I mm-hmm. mean, he was literally unstoppable. People don't see Bill Walton for what he was. Bill Walton was great. You know, and, and the issue is now with Akeem the Dream, I think he was that big mobile guy, but didn't didn't Akeem the Dream seem more like a forward to you than the center? I always thought of him as the new age forward. I always thought of him as that new wave of forward he, that came in. He reminded you of the mailman. I mean, you know, it mm-hmm. was it was that same um, bully ball. You know, because because the dream the dream was smooth around the basket, but he was quick around the basket. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he was just going to take you and he was just going to put drop that shoulder in your chest and just knock you over. Right, he wasn't physical; he was skilled. And then you've got Tim Duncan, greatest fundamental basketball player yeah. out there. I think you when you look at Akeem Olajuwon, you see the predecessor to Tim Duncan, and then as Tim Duncan as Akeem evolved. He became Tim Duncan. Yeah, but Tim Duncan does not give his get his just due. Never. And in fact, if you're looking at a king, at Duncan, let's and we just asked this question about uh, Hakeem. If you're looking at Duncan in retrospect to what the question was, greatest center, do you put Timmy in as a forward or a center? I always looked at Tim Duncan as a forward. Okay. I always looked at him as a forward, even though he played center, but he had that forward movement. He had uh, the great kiss off the glass. You don't see a lot of centers with that ability to take it off the top of the square. You know, you don't see that. You don't see that little Jack Sigma drop step, you know, where he, where he had the wrong foot drop step that he would just come and just come and kiss it off the glass. Great touch around the basket, could finish with either hand. Um, good defender. 
Mm-hmm. You know, but 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 offensive juggernaut. I mean, he was a guy and, and a very very tough guy to play against, and his fundamentals was what kept the Spurs so steady for all those years, because you couldn't leave him alone. He was going to knock down the twelve foot jumper. He and he was going to take it. You know, he's not like some of these centers now. The guys now they, they got to drift out to the three point line. They're going to take that three-point shot instead of taking that 14-footer and kiss it off the glass because they don't have that skill set. Funny enough, when you look at the Spurs as being the forerunners of a Twin Towers, and I know Houston tried it. I know that they there have been other versions of it that have come out. And now, right now, if you look at Minnesota, they're trying it with Cat and with Rudy Gobert. Um, but it's not working. Rudy Sherbert is playing like Melted Sherbert. Well, the problem is when you have these big guys like this, it doesn't work in today's basketball because you don't have enough offensive output. Mm-hmm. The The day of the big dominating big man is over with because it just bogs down your offense. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, you got these seven footers out here, but you better be able to dribble, number one. You better be able to step outside and shoot, uh, shoot the long ball because nobody's going to really keep dumping it into you and making you a force anymore. I don't even see the Sha- Shaquille O'Neal's anymore like that. You got to have better, a better skill set because guess what you didn't want Shaq doing? Shoot anything outside of 12 feet. No, but you didn't want him also in the paint backing you down with his back to the basket. Oddly enough, funny that the Bulls are constructed that way. They're constructed in this throwback era. If you play through Vooch and he kicks out and then you got a mid-range game with DeMar and then you leave Zach out there to do Zach things and just get a serviceable point guard, a real point guard, that's what they're built on. Dump it in the middle. Let him see if he can work. And normally, and what we've seen this season, is against most centers not named Joel Embiid. Vooch has been dominant. Well, because Vooch can drag you out into the deep water. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't come out there and guard Vooch out of 20 feet, he's going to let it fly. You know, and, and that's where his gifting is. He, if you don't come out there, he's going to shoot it on you. And he shoots a high enough percentage out there, you got to go out there and guard him, which lets the Zach Levines and the DeMar DeRozan start attacking the rim. The one thing we see is Zach Levine needs to do way more of, even though he picked up. Isn't it funny how 30 points is no big deal anymore? Mm-hmm. If we don't go for 40, we're not going to even talk about it. I mean, he had 30 tonight. Nobody cares. True. Not at all. 30 is a new 17. And uh, you know what? Man, shout out, though. I got to give a shout out to a uh, Chicago high school legend and uh, really a region legend. And that's Javon Freeman Liberty. He's playing right now for the G League affiliate of the Bulls, the Windy City Bulls. My man has been putting in that work with the. Now, okay, I know somebody's going to say that it's the G League and that's what they do. And you go there not to practice your fundamentals, but to get your scoring in. But um, Javon has been averaging 35 over the last three games. 35 points a game. His last game, he had a 39 put out. Look, um, the G League is no joke. There are a number of basketball players that came out of G League that are in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's their developmental league. And guys get developed. And you're looking at a kid like Freeman Liberty who needs the time to develop his game so that he can find out what is going to work in the NBA. Because he's not this physical 
um, specimen. He's not going to out-jump you. Right. He's not going to out-big you. You know, so he ha- he needs to know his angles, and he needs to know um, how to move w- without the basketball, how to get himself free, how to have his feet set when it's time to shoot the jumper, when to shoot the midi, when to take the ball to the rack. All these different things, and that's what you do in the G League. And then you got to find out whose offense you actually fit into mm-hmm. in the NBA because that makes a big difference. That's true. Where Your placement always makes a difference. But the question would be, Jay, does Javon have a future with the Chicago Bulls? I mean, if A.O. can play for the Bulls, then Liberty can play. Okay. That's what I like to hear. I mean, you know, I, I see them as, as, as close. I mean, A.O. played in Big Ten. He played out of Illinois. And so he played a higher caliber basketball. I mean, he had to go up against the Purdue's and, and different schools like that who were, who were, who were always had produced tough ball clubs. But the thing is, is that now with Liberty down in the G League, he's playing against guys who are of that same ilk. And if he could put, keep putting up these 30-plus games down there, at some point in time, if we see the Bulls needing help, they might pull him up out of the G League. And on one of those 10-day contracts, and now if he gets in these, one of these games, he's got to make it work. You know who else is down there with him? A, and I'll say down there for lack of a better term. But a former bull, you can't even guess. Right now, at age 36, Jeremy Pargo is back with the Windy Jeremy City Jeremy Pargo? I thought he was gone, gone, gone. Bruh, he is playing. He is down there balling and hooping. Weird enough because they have a few call-up players from the Bulls. The Bulls have they have a really weird situation going on here. And it's one I said a year ago, and I'll say it again. If this is a situation where I could see you make Zach available for something else better down the road. And you because you've got a lot of young assets, or you move all these young assets for something. Well, okay, and you got to okay. figure out what you want if you're the Bulls. We, right we, we can't go through another rebuild, that's what we just did, right? You can't go through, but you got DeMar. So, you're are you rebuilding if you got DeMar and you got Vooch? And then hopefully, he put the video out. Uh, you saw that Zoe was balling. Well, he was running a little bit. He dunked? You know, off one leg? Off a baby le- uh, rim? Yeah. So, I mean, they're trying to get him back going. I mean, it's, it's going to be... But then he said, I have knee pain again. It's going to be a miracle if he could, they get him back. Listen, man, is he just going to have knee pain and somebody's going to have to tell him, hey, hey, baby boy, suck it up? I don't think he can go. I just don't think he can mm. go. Because he doesn't... He doesn't I mean, I don't know him personally. LeVar has never brought me out to the house. Right. But um, you see his kids balling, and he doesn't necessarily look like a guy who is not tough enough to play. Well, I will say this. Those ball boys, from what we've seen this year, when they get injured, they injured. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, they are. But but uh, when, 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 when Melo is good. Oh, one of the best. Melo, Melo, ooh, ooh, if you want some, come get some. I'm just saying, when Melo is right, he's right. And the only other person that's better than Melo right now, Kyrie. Ooh, Kyrie. Kyrie, 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 Kyrie. Now, he did have an off game against the Bulls. But let me ask you this, Jay. If Kyrie is picked or chosen to go to the All-Star game and he's a representative from the East, is there pushback? 
is there going to be a space for Kyrie on this year's All-Star Basketball League? Okay, let me let me say this, okay? Kyrie should have always had a spot on the All-Star team. Always. He is one of the best guards we've ever seen in the NBA. He's one of the best guards we've ever seen when he wants to play. <laughs> Good question. Because my question would be, if you're the Bulls, and I'm not saying in any way, shape, don't, or form that this is a rumor. It. Don't say it. If you're the Bulls. Don't do it. And you get an opportunity. I'm not even going to throw out what could happen. Don't do it. Would you bring on a Kyrie Irving? For what? To move this team forward. No, he's not going to move this team forward. You saw what he did to Brooklyn? <laughs> you saw what he did. The only time he acted right when he was with LeBron. So are you saying that the only place he can go back to is L.A.? Did you see LeBron trying to get him? I've seen LeBron trying to get a lot of people. But uh, did you see But LeBron? I mean really, did LeBron really try and get him? If LeBron asks you to come for the most part you're coming. Well, he can't just come. Well, look, at some point in time there's a contract or two coming up here and mm-hmm. his contract came up at due at point. If LeBron wanted to go get him, LeBron could have went and got it. But okay, so if you don't have a KD, so you got LeBron and and Kyrie. And oft times, most of the time, injured AD. Uh, is that that's moving the needle for you? No, the issue is that this is one of the greatest skilled point guards we've ever seen. Unguardable if he wants to be unguardable. Do you see him crossing people? Oh, I, mm-hmm. I mean, when he wants to. Leaving boys in their gym shoes. I mean, people, people their bodies are going one direction, they're looking over their shoulder, and he's gone. He's teleporting. He's Uncle Drew. Oh, without a doubt. That's, a, that's still one of the greatest commercials ever. Is that one of the best basketball movies ever? Yes. Are you serious? Of course. Which one's better? Who's better? Are you at, Are you going to say that like over, well, White Knights was a TV show. Yeah. Okay, so over. Jesus Shuttleworth and them. He got game. He got game. The only reason why that get, that even gets any, because you had Denzel. Blue Chips. And, oh, my goodness, Blue Chips. You had Denzel, and who and who was and who was the femme fatale? Lala. Lala. Okay. Jesus. That's that's the only reason. That's, uh, that's why he was named that. And nobody knew that in the movie. It was Jesus Shuttlesworth. Every time he looked over at Rosario Dawson, that's what he said. Right, and the funny part about that is that you don't even remember that's actually Rosario Dawson. I remember. You know, but that's the reason why he got game is, you know, good. Because he had game. Well, because he was who? Jesus. Right. And he was actual NBA player. Actual player. <laughs> you know like what I'm one saying? of the greatest shooters of all time. The great, well, one of the greatest shooters of all time. I, I said one. I okay, didn't. I no, was we, not going to. It, no, it, you're it, not going to get it, me. It, oh, it was about to be a rumble no, in the jungle. Nope, nope, nope. You're not going to pull me some, into that one, sir. There was going to be some furniture moving. You're not going to pull me into that. I'm just saying to you. It can't be. You cannot tell me Uncle Drew is better than, and I, I'll just say it. It wasn't better than Space Jam. Okay, Space, a true basketball movie. Space Jam. You know how many times I parked my kids in front of in front of Space Jam? Right. How many times did you park your children in front of Uncle Drew? Well, my kids are thirty years old now. They don't. <laughs> 
that's not the point. How many children? Okay, if you had your grandchildren right now, would you give them Space Jam or would you give them Uncle Drew? First things first. You'd have to have it on their cell phones. Mm. And then they would be able to pick whatever movie they want to pick. <laughs> You know, you can't, you can't fool these kids no more. You go to park them somewhere, they'd be mm. like, mm, I don't think so. Because then, <laughs> see, here, here's the great thing about a VCR. For y'all that don't know what a VCR is, it was a big box that sat on top of your TV connected by wires. And we had a thing called VCR tapes. And, okay, you had to explain what a VCR beta tape Max. is. Oh, the beta, dude. I beta had tapes. I had the beta tapes, and I went and got the fancy schmancy beta things. I thought beta because they were smaller. And the picture was supposed to be better that they were going to be the thing them beta tapes went out to oh, real quick. They, they went out faster than fast-forwarding uh, 8-track tapes. When you had the little smaller 8-track tapes and they tried to, to put them out there, that went terribly wrong. I think it went terribly wrong. But I tell you what else went terribly wrong was trying to step in front of Luka Dantich the other day when he pulled up in the... Uh, What's it called? The World Annihilator? The end of the world Jeep truck that is indestructible, that can fight off zombies and fight off uh, all kinds of bad NBA people when they, when they pull up. So, Jay, do you want an indestructible Jeep? Is that what you're looking for now in your life? Who doesn't want an indestructible <laughs> anything? I just put brand new tires on my car. One of them got a leak already. No. Yeah, you know what it was? I pulled in I pulled in to work mm-hmm. and y'all if there's a dumpster out there, do not park over there where that dumpster's at once it's been moved. <laughs> that is a recipe for disaster. Hey, it is a full disaster recipe. That is a recipe for disaster. It's not gonna go well. And uh you're gonna mess around and have no uh tires. Well, you know what? When we come back from break, we're going to talk about somebody who's got something going on and what Chicago may not have at all. They may not have a player. They may not have someone who the city loves, who G. Sizzle loves. We'll talk about it later. When we come back from break, you're listening to The Sizzle here on WGVE 88.7 FM. We're waiting for something to get played. Yeah, we had to push the button. We're having technical difficulties. No, it's not that much technical difficulties. We just have to push a button. We you push, just you want me to push it now? Push it. Go boom. Boom. Here we go. Huh. What? WGBE 88.7 FM. That's my FM voice. You've been waiting to do that, haven't One you? thing about you, who? <laughs> Talk to y'all later. <laughs>
it is. You know what it is. It's the sizzle here in the building. Listen, Jay, before we went to break, it was something we need to talk about. And it's something near and dear to my heart. In fact, it, it it's beginning... I'm getting worried. What, and I what, normally don't say that. What, what, what has your brow furrowed at this particular moment? At this moment, the, the thought of losing Candace Parker, if you're the Chicago sky, it, it, it's more than I can bear right now. I thought, well, I thought she was married already. Well, okay, that, no, 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 I don't, and, you know, well, yeah, but that's not what I meant. I mean, oh, my bad. You know, if in, it, okay, so W a the WNBA free agency is starting, right? Oh boy! And um, you got a lot of people trying to make some moves. You got Brianna Stewart who wants to meet with a couple of teams, and you've got Candace Parker who's going to be a free agent this year. And uh, I don't like it. I don't like it. And um, here's the thing. So you got Brianna Stewart, right? And she, see, here's where it gets all, it gets kind of quirky because she wants to play with Courtney Vandersloot. You know, they're doing a lot of the regular thing that the, NBA has been doing. They're trying to go get with their buddies and ball out. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm asking this question. If I'm trying to get a championship and I'm trying to win, wouldn't I go to wherever Brittany Griner is? Yeah, because she's going to be a force. Mm-hmm. She's going to be a force, and she's going to bring – where when she comes back – she plays for Phoenix, right? Yes. So when – have, have we had a Britney sighting since she's been back? Yes, she was actually in a parade, and I didn't recognize Britney without her braids. Yeah, I know she cut all her hair off. Yeah, or somebody cut it off. Because she said it was freezing while she was out there. Okay. So, I mean, she's going to be ready to ball out. I mean, she's a force. Right. The question is, um, Phoenix has her for a while, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then do, does she have the people around her? Because we find out now that it's very important that, uh, especially the WNBA, they got to have these, I won't say elder states women, mm-hmm. but they need one of these top ladies to win. I mean, yeah, you, gotta, you need you know, vets. Yeah, you need Vandersloot. You know, even 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 Brianna Stewart is start is, is is getting into veteran category right now. It's not enough for these young gunners to come in there and think they're going to come up because you really don't see one right now that's making a huge difference. I mean, there's some top some top players coming in, but it's still the Candace Parkers of the world. Mm-hmm. It's still they come in and make all the hay. Well, that's the thing. Candace Parker is deciding right now between the sky and the sparks. So Candace is going to be an unrestricted free agent. And pretty much she can play wherever she wants to play. Um, Annie Constable um, reported that her decision is going to come down to Chicago and L.A., even though there are other teams interested. And now, now sometimes I understand these are ploys in the media to move the needle. These are things that agents put out, people around these players, because they want to get a certain interest. They want to garner a certain number. But you're looking at Parker, who spent her first 13 years with the Spark, and or Sparks, I should say, came home to Chicago 
uh, brought the franchise's first title in 2021. So for her to leave right now, it, it could be problematic. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Candace Parker's 36. And, and to some degree, she's talked about thinking about retirement, thinking that maybe she'll step away. But if she still wants to play and she's still trying to get there, um, I don't know. You've got a team in L.A. that now has a new head coach. They seem to be doing things a little bit differently. They've got close to a million dollars in cap space, and you still got NECA there. So that could be something. And with what she's doing with her television gigs and working and modeling and all those other things that you see Candace doing, maybe that's something she thinks. But here's the thing. The Sky right now are in a bad position because they have a boatload of free agents. I don't mean just one or two. Um, they spent a couple of, now, a couple of years. They've stacked up. It's not just a couple. They've been about three years now heading up that mountain. It's not like they have a lot of draft capital or they have a lot of assets going the other way. But one of the things you can say about the Sky is they have a ton of free agents. You got Parker. You got Van Der Sloot. Uh, you got Messerman, you got uh, Stevens and Quigley. They're all restricted or unrestricted agents, and it, it's going to be really, you know, your main two would be Candace Parker and Vandersloot. Those are your two right there. You got to have them somehow. You've got to get them signed, or you got to figure out if you can't get one, you got to get the other one. And so if you lose Courtney and you lose Candace, you're going to have a problem. But here's one of the big problems. Here's that big, I don't know that was going to happen, but it could happen. Um, to sign Quigley back, you're going to need to probably bring back Vandersloot because if you don't, and if that kind of goes left, and how that whole thing kind of falls out, you know that Quigley and Vandersloot, they're married. So they have said they want to play together. And so if you don't have one, you may not get the other. It's a lot of variables here. It's a lot of variables, and I don't know if the sky can fill all these holes. I mean, they've got holes kind of everywhere. And even with Messerman, her situation is kind of funny because this is Euro basketball summer for the women. And, you know, she's one of Belgium's top players. And she set out 2021 to focus on the international game. So you're thinking, would she sit out again? How was the sky going to replace any of those players? And if they lose those pieces and you lose that many pieces, are you going to keep a Candace Parker around? Can you keep Candace Parker in the fold? And the question has to be to the Chicago Sky is can you afford to lose Candace Parker? Absolutely not, but you're probably going to because you're not going to pay her. Oh, I'm going to pay her. Well, here's the thing about it. Why I'm going to pay her. Why would she leave the Sky? 
you're you're in, you're in the third largest market in the in the NBA, in the in the country, right? Mm-hmm. Media market in the country, right? The question is, can she get the dollars that she's looking for here? Because here's the thing: you you see her in a couple of commercials, but you don't really see her all over like you think you should see her. Sure. True. I'll say that in a minute. She is not the face, and maybe for whatever reason, and I'm not going to get into um, why she's not the face of it, but the thought of it is she should be the face of the WNBA. And she definitely should be the face of ladies basketball in Chicago. So when you look at it from that perspective, you start to ask yourself, well, why isn't she? Well, the problem is with the WNBA is that nobody watches. Mm. I mean, the WNBA, Here we go again. But the WNBA just doesn't move the needle. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just doesn't. And so, I mean, for, to tell you the truth, I didn't know free agency was the 21st. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know that. And that's probably something we should have known. Mm-hmm. And but we know more about what's going on in the transfer portal. Did, did they mention this on ESPN? No, they don't really talk about it. So what I'm saying is that they don't really move the needle, right? Mm-hmm. Because they don't get the support that they deserve. True. Um, from females, they just don't get the support. I mean, we've t- how many shows have we done on this? Oh, same of course. Time? I'm just saying, you know, it's just like you know, you got to you got to put. Um, Ladies and men in the seats. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to be an experience when you come. People come for the experience. They really don't. The people go see the Chicago Bulls because they're the Chicago Bulls. Mm-hmm. You know, and they want the experience at the stadium. But when you look up and you know you only got five thousand players at at the um, at the uh, where do they play at now? I forgot. It's not the All State. It's not where is it? No, they're they moved downtown. At one time they were you know they were over at uh, the UIC Pavilion. Yeah, I thought they were at the UIC Pavilion. And so. It seems like they bounce around a lot, too. You know, just like we're questioning where they are, sometimes you wonder, where are they? Well, it's because of money. And you got to be, who's going to come and watch them? You know, that's the question. Not that they're not phenomenal athletes. Don't get it twisted. Now, they are phenomenal athletes, right? But for whatever reason, women's basketball doesn't move the needle. Women's soccer moves the needle here because why? They've been world champions, you know? But, uh... Women's basketball, it just doesn't move a needle. And it's not enough of a needle that really makes you say, I've got to get out and see those games. And you're saying to young ladies, they've got to get out and see those games. Right, and they don't. They don't go see them. Mm-hmm. I mean, very few. I, I've, I've never I've never spoken to a lady who told me she was going to a WNBA game. Sad. Not one. It's very sad. So, you know, if we're looking for equality um, in these situations, you have to be able to support people. You know, if, if, if they're going to get paid the same way as NBA players get paid, you got to be able to have the same draw. And they just don't have a draw. You know, and, and, they and, don't. and the NBA is sponsoring them and keeping them afloat, but, you know, you just don't have the same draw. And that's why you, that's why you saw the Britney Grinders running overseas to go play for a couple million dollars. And the bad part is for Chicago – they are not they are one of the few NBA franchises that does not support their WNBA franchise which is a shame they should do that i mean cuz you know they need to be supported because if the NBA does not support them there will be no WNBA mhm 
And you can't have a championship team without support, without having the right tools around them, the right players around them. And you're capped with money. I mean, you know, you only can pay so much money. That's why you see these girls going overseas. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, girls, these ladies going overseas to play in mm-hmm. these areas that they don't want to be in for the back end of the season. They almost look like um, baseball players in the 1950s who had to go work other jobs when they got off the, when they got to playing baseball. They were selling insurance. Yeah. A really bad situation. You know what this is. This is the sizzle here on WGVE 88.7 FM. Now, here's the thing. Ladies and gentlemen, you know we always bring you the hotness, right? So we've got two hours of hotness. And, Jay, I promised some people. I promised my family over at Mississippi Boys Southern Kitchen. If you haven't been over there, it's 3 West 53rd Avenue, Gary, best soul food that you're going to find on the go anywhere in the region. So I promised my family over there that I was going to make a G-Sizzle mix, and I was going to make them a slow grooves mix. I was going to make a slow grooves mix. So I've got my family over there who said they're going to tune in at the 10 o'clock hour to hear the slow grooves mix. So I'm going to up the ante, Jay. Yeah. I think what we're going to do this, we're going to do it for the 10 o'clock hour. Then we're going to hit them again when you come back with the Jay Sizzle mix at the 11 o'clock hour. We're going to hit them again with a hour free, commercial free, all sizzle music. Oh, all sizzle music. I need, I need all that. I'm telling you right now, ladies and gentlemen, if you have your tape players and your cassette players right now, push, <laughs> play, and player. record, and right now record your, the radio. Your A-track, your A-tracks. You couldn't record does, on any tracks. Any, does anybody have? Well, you couldn't record. Does anybody <laughs> have a? Does anybody out there? And we're gonna need to, next time. We're gonna take some calls next week from coming. Um, does anybody still have a cassette player? You know the ones that that you record on. Oh, does anybody yeah. still have one? Yeah, it's it's out there, man. We just gotta find it. We yeah. gotta find. And let me tell you something. Next week we're gonna take some more calls about some of our topics and make sure that you're calling in. Make sure that you've gotten the number if you need to get your pen and paper out right now put it in your cell phone yeah. the station number is 219-962-9483 that's 219-962-9483 where we talk about everything in the region it is the sizzle it's the hottest music going it's the hottest talk going and i'm going to hit you with some stuff you haven't heard in a minute well maybe you have but if you heard it now you're going to feel some kind of way, and you're going to want to do what you did before when you felt it, when you heard it before. I think that's how. That's what we're going to do. We're going to give you the mix that you've been waiting for. And, yo, shout out to my people over at Popcorn World, doing the world a bit of flavor. Oh, oh, oh. That, uh, that, they, they call it crack, I think. It's the, <laughs> it's the cheese-covered caramel corn. Pray, praise, him, praise him for that. Oh, I just want to pass the offering plate out in front of, of, of front of Popcorn World and just take an offering up for that. Listen, man, if you haven't gotten over the Popcorn World, make sure you get over the Popcorn World, doing the world a flavor. And you know what it is. You know who it is. It's the sizzle here in the building on WGVE 88.7 FM.
See, man, I ain't tripping off none of my homeboys. And I ain't tripping off none of her girlfriends. Don't trip, Rafi. Because I can't do that. We're going to be together. We're going to do this. Shut up. No, we can do this. Just me and you.
hope you are. We're getting it figured out over here. Let's play some music. It's just me and you.
there. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy the body. Yeah, baby. 
You know what it is. It's The Sizzle here on WGV 88.7 FM with The Sizzle Slow Grooves Mix 
for all my fam over. You know I got you over, Mississippi boy. This is for you. So just take your time to enjoy, relax. Got to give a shout-out to my niece out there riding around. Yeah, I see you, Desiree. Make sure you making sure you show. But you know what? Take a time to sit back in the minute with Rain by SWV here on WGVE 88.7 FM.
Yeah, rain is better than snow. Saturday Night Sizzle, 88.7 FM, WGBE. Hope you're enjoying your evening. It may be even better in the morning. Next up, hmm, one of my favorites, Keep Sweat, right here on WGBE, 88.7 FM, Saturday Night Sizzle.
make it feel real good, baby. I can make it feel real good, baby. It's WGVE here, 88.7 FM, getting ready to come out of the hour-long mix. We've got one more song. I think we can squeeze one more in, Jay. What you think? We could always squeeze one more in. Okay, that just did not sound... That didn't come out right. The music's always good. Yeah, the music's great. I'm just... We're going to put in one more before we get to your mix, man, because everybody wants to hear the Jay Sizzle mix. I know everybody wants to hear that. It's it's smooth and chill today. We we Saturday sizzling on the chill mode today. Okay, well, as long as we Saturday chilling, and and then that's all that I need to know. So, okay, let's get into it. Let's do one more... Let's give them one... Let's give them a classic one to end with. Yeah, How about that? That's not like a plan. Let's give him some Michelet. How about that? Ooh. Something something in my heart? Something in my heart. All right. You know who it is. You know what it is. It's the sizzle here on WGVE 88.7 FM.
because you know what it is. It's the sizzle in the building. Listen, that was the conclusion of the slow jams. Again, my people out at Mississippi Boy Kitchen, I promised you, you asked for it, you got it. You got the slow jams. You got the slowy slow jams. You got those uh, groove slow jams. I used to say those were baby-making slow jams, but... I guess at this point in life, ain't nobody trying to make no babies. But if you were trying to make a baby, that would have been the mix for you. That would have been the one right there. Everybody had one. Remember, remember when you had your um, <laughs> your cassette tape? Sure. You, you had the tape? The tape. Yeah. That was it. You had, And it was on there. Normally, if you got the TDKs or the Max Sales, you would try and find that black one or that gold one. I remember TDKs came out with a red tape. And you put it on there, you write with your little marker, uh, mixtape, and you go and listen. One of the things you would do is go and listen to either, uh, what was that, 102.7? I mean, yeah, 102.7 or maybe uh, 107.5. You would go and put your little radio up against the speaker of another one, and then you would record. Oh, it was amazingly silly, some of the stuff you did. It was just one of those things. But, you know, that was, that was the top of technology back in those days, mm-hmm. you know? And, and uh, what fun that was to have the big boom box. You had to have the eight D-cell batteries. And, <laughs> and, 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 and if, you were yes. cool, if you were cool, you had uh, um, the box that had the level lights that bounced on it. You know, mm-hmm. it had the little red knobs with the little... With the with the little light that lit up around when you turn the knob and all that type mm-hmm. of stuff, you know, you know that, that's what that's what you were to do. That's when you were that guy. But if you're listening, you're listening to the sizzle here on WGVE eighty eight point seven FM. And listen, it's still cold outside, so don't act like it's not cold outside, ladies and gentlemen. It is still cold outside. It is still what they call winter. It is thirty degrees right now in the region. Remember, this week coming up, you're going to have some snow midweek. But you're going to have temperatures in the mid-30s, so make sure that you're wearing your hat, your scarf. Make sure that you're keeping yourself warm and all snuggly. Make sure that you're all snuggled in, and make sure that you're enjoying yourself as you snuggle yourself in under that warm blanket, that cozy cup of cocoa, or that cozy person named Coco that has a blanket on. And, you know, any way you want to do it, whatever's good for you, just make sure you keep it hot and you keep it moving, keep it sizzling. But here's the thing. Um, We said on earlier, we're going to tell you about what was going on in the football game. Well, I can tell you right now that it's not sizzle or fizzle. It's all fizzle for the New York Giants who lost Today to the Philadelphia Eagles, 38-7. to It was a rim rocker, a slobber knocker. It was a slam bama. It was a five slammer jammer. It was a, a, a flat finger. It was a fat finger snapper. That's what it was. It was a fat finger snapper. Fat finger snapper? Fat finger snapper. That's all I can tell you. All I can tell you is Daniel Jones threw for 135 yards with one interception. Just like Sade, he's crying everyone's tears. <laughs> Here's the bad part. You know, Jalen Hurts only threw for 154 yards. But... Uh, 
Kenneth Gainwell's, not Miles Sanders. Now, Miles Sanders had 90 yards, but Kenneth Gainwell had 112 yards. That's a lot of yards on 12 carries. No, he's balling out. He's balling out. So, listen, you know who it is. You know what it is. It's the sizzle here in the building. And you know we're getting ready for the Jay Sizzle Mix. Jay, you must be feeling some kind of way. You you got that Sade mix bumping. Yeah, when, when I start Sade up, I, I, I saw what you were playing. I said, hold on, man. <laughs> Let, let me let me let me pull Sade out. See, let me let me let me do that. You got a little Keith Sweat going. Let me get Sade out. Yeah, well, you know, I was gonna give him something hot, but I I, I didn't think you were gonna go like Island. You were you're going oh, we, all we, Sade. Oh, we gonna, since you smoothed it out, we're gonna smooth it out, and then we're gonna move it around a little bit, and then we're gonna smooth it out some more on the back end. Okay, so you know who it is. You know what it is. It's the sizzle here on WGVE eighty eight point seven FM.
Sizzle on WGBE 88.7 FM.
Sizzle with DJ J and G Sizzle. You're listening to a Sizzle exclusive.
television.
It's the sizzle in the building. It is WGVE 88.7 FM in the building. Jay, we've gotten through another four hours, man. Wow. It was fun. Uh, You know, it's always good, man, to be on here with you and always out there with the people, especially get to talk some sports on the front end, play some music on the back end. Everybody's enjoying the day. I'm just enjoying myself. Listen, this is that time where you should enjoy yourself. Make sure that you're subscribed to all of our platforms. If it's on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, find us wherever you find your most recent podcast. There you can find The Sizzle, The Talk of the 219. You can look us up, hashtag The Sizzle 219. That's where you can always find our information or find us at hashtag Iron skillet media that is where we are that is where you will be listen you know what tuesday man we're going to keep talking about the situation with ed reed i think yeah we need to deep dive into it so if you're on your facebook if you're on the youtube we go live on tuesdays we're going to talk more about ed reed talk more about hbcus and where the future is headed for some of these schools. how do they find us on facebook and youtube and all that listen you can always find us by looking up Iron Skillet Media, that's where you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. All of the places we are is where you need to be and where you are, we are already there. Always. Always. You know, it's been so much fun, man. I'm just enjoying myself. We're just minding down here the last few minutes. A little boogie going on in the background. Boogie. You know, it's always fun. Yeah. You know, I love it when you get a little boogie woogie oogie. But listen, man, I'm getting ready to get out of here. You getting ready to get out of here. So we're going to sign off. But just remember this, ladies and gentlemen. Love yourself. Love others around you. And make sure that you're always keeping it peaceable, loving, and always know that we'll do this again next time. And remember, keep it sizzling, baby. Thank you for listening to The Sizzle, the hottest sports talk in the 219, here on Iron Skillet Television and Iron Skillet Radio.